0: Welcome to the Real Messy podcast, where we have real messy conversations that occur in education. This is Rachel Lesinski from Grays Lake Central High School, and I am here with my co hosts, Shayna Piggott. Hello. And Jennifer Nace. Hello. And our guest host today is Dr. Mikkel Storsley, Superintendent for Grays Lake Community High School District 127.
1: Hello.
2: So one of the things that we enjoy most about having different people on here is to hear a little bit about themselves. So as Mm -hmm. we get started today, um, if you could give us a little background. First of all, why did you choose to go into teaching? The age old question.
1: Yeah, I think probably similar to a lot of educators, like my mom was a teacher, right? So you see it every day. She's a special ed teacher, sixth eh, elementary school, but sixth grade for about 30 years in Park Ridge. wasn't really interested in elementary, um, but I was more of a math type person. So, yeah, just I straight out of high school. I actually, at that point, didn't know I was going to go into teaching. I was avoiding it or trying to avoid it. <laughs> you know, the it's, it's futile.
3: child
2: thing. I know that.
1: It's yeah. futile. Mm-hmm. It's futile. Eventually, it comes back to get you. So I went into the Army for a couple of years uh, to pay for college. And when I came out, I realized, no, you know, I'm going to go into teaching. That's fine. So I uh, went to U of I. Um, when I get out of uh, out of school, I was I applied to Leiden high schools and I spent about 22 years there mm-hmm. as a math teacher, assistant principal, math department chair, uh, assistant super curriculum and instruction, and then the opportunity uh, came open here, so here I am.
3: Very wonderful. That's
1: the very abridged version, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, why did you make the shift from teaching to administration?
1: Um. I think, so I was a math teacher for a while, and uh, that position opened up the math department chair, and I started to see, like, I really like kind of looking at the bigger picture. I love being in the classroom, um, but I also kind of like assisting teachers and making sure they have what they need and kids have what they need and, and kind of affecting things on a bigger scale. I really sort of enjoyed that, and that just led to a different position, which led to a different position, which, you know, just kind of looking at the, um, kind of backing out like to... a you know, a 5,000 foot view to a 10,000 foot yes. view now to a 30,000 foot view. So, it, you know, it's very different, but again, it's like the same, um, it's the same reason why I like doing it. I just enjoy helping this whole system help kids.
3: So. Very awesome. cool. Thank you. So now that you've had a chance to be in district 127 for a little while, like what is one change that you would most like to see happen in district 127?
1: Um, I would say, I mean, I, I think what we have here is, is great. I mean, the, the direction we're going is fantastic. I think what I want to do is not necessarily change everybody or everything, is, is continue the process that I think has started a, a while ago, and that's kind of what this podcast is all about, like the real relevant, engaging, authentic learning, um, and continuing to push that forward and, and just expand the, um, the repertoire of skills, I guess, our teachers have and expand the opportunities our kids have and you know being a one-to-one school helps that we're looking at blended learning looking at pro- project-based learning all like all of that I want to see more of that um, in our school that's not to say you know that's the end-all beal or the only instructional strategies there are out there but I think the more that we can get students engaged and working you know working out of something other than a worksheet I'm all for that
0: absolutely so. That's
2: exciting. And so you were part of the group, as along mm-hmm. with a lot of other people from District 127 that helped to develop the Portrait of a Graduate um, for people <laughs> listening who haven't seen it. You can uh, access this. We'll upload it to our Real Messy website so you guys can take a look at it. But essentially, the Portrait of a Graduate articulates the skills and dispositions that we believe equips Gray's Lake students for success after graduation. Um, And so it's broken down into three main sections, talks about learners and thinkers, talks about self-regulated individuals, and then focuses on globally connected citizens. So when we initially sat down to think of this podcast, we loved the idea of like, this podcast is for teachers. So how can we take this portrait of a graduate which is our vision for our students and how we, you know, try to equip our students and make it about teachers. What's our vision of a real teacher? Mm -hmm. Um, So yesterday we sat down, um, Shana and Rachel and myself, and kind of went through this and we started off with, uh, okay, so let's look at the portrait of a graduate and see where we can see connections to what we already are supposed, or what we vision a teacher to be. And we had this really intense moment of like, after about five minutes of almost copying exactly what we were seeing on Portrait of a Graduate, we kind of sat back and said, this is what we should be doing. Like, we are, in so many ways, the portrait of a teacher is the portrait of a graduate. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what you, what you think about that.
1: Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> you know, a little uh, inside baseball here. Like, you guys asked me to, to contribute to, you know, what what are some of the traits? And mm-hmm. I started adding stuff to it. It didn't occur to me right away either until yeah. we started talking about it. Um, but I really like the idea that yeah, this, the traits we want for our students mm-hmm. are the same that we want for our teachers and our administrators and for our mm-hmm. support staff. And we yeah. are just all these are good skills for humans. And mm-hmm. right. so I think it's a <laughs> it's kind of a nice connection. And
2: mm-hmm. I think it also like, you know, when you sit back and look at it, to me, one, it tells me that the portrait of a graduate is good. You know what i mean like that it's not just a piece of paper and it's not just some vision that someone should like set aside and like not think about but Mm -hmm. like it's legitimate like it it works on so many levels and i also love the idea that as teachers we are models for this so Mm -hmm. we're not just telling students they need to be this arbitrary thing but yet we're showing them hopefully by being real teachers what it means to be this portrait of a graduate and giving them models and examples of people who can emulate that. So hey,
1: I just need to take a moment. I'm just getting a little verklempt. <laughs> just I just need to take in what you just said because it was perfect. Absolutely yeah. great. Well,
2: the document is perfect. And as someone who did not sit on that team, you know, this was really a nice way to start the year is to sit down and look at you know, how, how do we view our students and what do we really want for them? I mean, I mm-hmm. think it's a really great
0: tool. And so. as, as a teacher, as a classroom teacher, going back to even the mission of real is very liberating and so when i'm able to quickly and easily connect our mission of real to this vision of a graduate and now as we're talking this vision of a teacher it makes me really happy because i feel very purposeful and i feel Mm -hmm. very driven and focused and it's I don't want to say manageable because it's not. It's constantly moving and shifting and changing, mm-hmm. but because of that, it's it's in many ways liberating.
3: Mm-hmm. And well, I, I love that. I hope our students feel as inspired as I do as an educator and as a coach. Like I I can't wait to like reflect on my own practice and like, do yeah. I am I actually modeling these things? Like is the work that I'm putting out there really demonstrating for other people these characteristics? Like what are which of these characteristics are maybe weaknesses for me mm-hmm. and how can I work on improving mm-hmm. those things? And I would hope that like our students, like when they see these things, start working towards these things, can be that reflective as well. Mm-hmm. Have you
2: ever thought about, because the three of us are not in five classroom schedules, we have kind of unique situations. So I enjoyed, um, when I was looking at this this morning, trying to think about ways in which the different parts of our building add to this in different ways. So, for example, I may not always add to things that a classroom teacher who's with these kids every single day, for 180 days gets to do but I mean I definitely get to add to balance mm-hmm. you know in mm-hmm. a way that kind of brings some of those kids who just need that time to read and that passion in things that they're not getting in their classroom because they're doing other things mm-hmm. I get to bring that out in them you know I get to encourage those kinds of activities which is you know why I got into the library to be able mm-hmm. to experience those passion mm-hmm. things instead of just one focus it's it's neat
0: to see where the different parts of the school fit into the vision also. Mm -hmm. And as a literacy person, creative problem solving, Mm -hmm. I'm not tied to a very strict curriculum, Mm -hmm. but I get to explore all curricula and look at it from the perspective of literacy and allow students that freedom to mess up and shift around and creatively solve their literacy struggles in a safe space. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's what I like about it. And just that's a really interesting question. Like, how did these things play out in different areas of the building. Right. And I'm a math guy, you know, content is very important. I get that, mm-hmm. you know, that's not to say content isn't important. Um, but I think the ideas of this is like all of these things are equally important, right. Mm-hmm. The balance piece, right. We're in schools, it's a high school, you know, our kids are very driven. So content, 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 and we've got to, you know, make sure we're, you know, memorizing what we need to memorize or whatever, but that, that balance piece is really important too. Mm-hmm. And, I guess that's the way I've always envisioned all of this. Like each department or each teacher can take little pieces of this, Mm -hmm. um, but throughout the four year experience, hopefully, if we do it right, you know, they're going to, it's going to weave throughout the entire experience and they're going to get a good, um, hopefully, a good, uh, well rounded education in all of these things. Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely. So to kind of go from that, we have some other questions for you to Mm -hmm. kind of ask you a little bit, pick your brain. Um, We know that you've had a chance to go through some classrooms lately. Mm -hmm. Um, Last year, to give people some background, a lot of our administrators got to follow some students Mm -hmm. around for an entire day. Kudos to them. I don't know if I'd make it through. But um, (laughs) so have you been going through classroom? What are some characteristics that stood out to you about what a real teacher should look like?
1: Um. Yeah, I, I guess you know the what I, when I'm going into a classroom, I'm looking for that engagement piece. You know, students communicating with each other. Um, usually, that's kind of a signal that like good things are happening. That's not to say that you know there aren't different instructional strategies, and sometimes individual work or individual reading that's important too. Um, but just in general, if teachers are are building that into their instruction, where I'm looking at the communicator, collaborator piece, for example. Um, that, you know, any teacher, regardless of discipline, can build that in. And that's, that's going to lead to engagement, which leads, I think, to, you know, higher level of content acquisition and, you know, just students doing better in classes and learning more. Yeah. Um, so I, I, when I go into a classroom, I like to, like, listen for a good, like, a, a buzz that's going on in the classroom, something, you know, controlled chaos, if you will. <laughs> um, that, that means that the students are doing work as opposed to the teacher standing there and imparting all of the knowledge and doing the work Mm -hmm. for the kids, so to speak. I don't know if that came out right. But yeah, I just wanna see kids being active
3: Mm
1: -hmm. um, and engaged in what they're doing, so.
3: Well, we talked about this a little bit in some of our previous podcasts, the idea of like shifting our own measures of success. Like a lot of us, when we started off in education, the measure of success with a teacher was kids were sitting in rows working on what they were supposed to be working on. They had perfectly filled out graphic organizers Mm -hmm. with all the information. Their paper was perfectly structured five paragraph essay. Like, Mm -hmm. and then we, that's how we said I was a successful teacher because my kids did these things, but like, it's a big shift to what a successful real teacher, you know, and mm-hmm. like those values that you that you have to like find now as success because not everything's gonna turn out to look exactly the same as it used to.
1: Right. And I yep. think
3: that connects us with resiliency.
0: The students have to be resilient and mess up a little bit in mm-hmm. order to succeed. But as teachers also we need to build our our tough skin about maybe this didn't go exactly how I wanted it to, but Mm -hmm. I'm a resilient individual and I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna try again and I'm gonna be vulnerable and talk about my failures with other people and -hmm. hear what they have to say about how I can go back in, in front of my students and recognize that it didn't go the way I wanted it to, but it was a good learning experience for all of us.
1: Yeah, a phrase that I picked up over the weekend is, um, if you're not failing, you're not being creative enough. Mm -hmm. You know, That's absolutely expected that things are gonna tank. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's a good modeling thing for our kids too. And being transparent about this, Hey guys, this didn't go as I wanted it to. We're going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that punctures kind of that, that veneer of like, I've got to, as a student, I've got to do everything right. And if I get two points off, it's a absolute, the world is ending. No, it's not. It's really not. We do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, I've toyed with this idea of like having a week of failure, Mm. wherever just, like, shares their biggest failures, you know. How so we're
2: not failing
3: the whole week is what you're saying. <laughs> no, no, we're okay. reflecting on
1: our failures. Oh, okay. yeah, hey, you know, just we can take it wherever you want. I don't want to I Don't want okay. to stifle your
3: creativity okay. there. Right, All
1: right. right. Go Continue. ahead and fail Sorry. for a week. You enjoy? And so
2: we that. spend a week sharing our failures. Is that what you mean?
1: Uh, uh, okay, yeah. Okay. It, it could be whatever you want to that, That's what okay. I was thinking. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like everybody's had those setbacks in life where um, – you know we don't always share that with kids kids see like you look professional we're we're polished we're prepared you know and mm-hmm. it doesn't start out that way you know there's a lot of work there's a lot of effort that goes into that um and it, I think it's okay to share with our kids like yeah here's where I failed a class or you know whatever it might be you know, it is it so happens. important
2: I, th- I feel mm-hmm. like our kids You know reflectiveness it's on here somewhere I don't remember exactly where at the moment but I know that like being reflective is one of the key Mm -hmm. things that we look at and it is true that sometimes while we as teachers are not afraid always to be reflective with each other or like show Mm -hmm. each other our vulnerability how often does that come out to our students so in other words we may keep our guard up until we walk out of the classroom and then we'll go to our colleagues and say oh that 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 class was awful today like you know that mm-hmm. lesson didn't go the way I wanted it to but yet we we don't ever say that in front of our kids and mm-hmm. why not use that as an example to show them you know that mm-hmm. exact same thing you know like failure is okay it happens mm-hmm. let's be resilient let's pick back up let's try something different and let's hear some feedback from you guys mm-hmm. like maybe it wasn't as much of a failure as I thought what mm-hmm. did you right. like about it right. I just think you know how often we're that, that idea of sharing our failures with the students in particular is something that we've almost been
3: guarded against, you know? Mm-hmm. and I, There's kind of two things that come up when you're saying that. Like, first one is, like, it's awesome to be reflective with the kids, but not to project that failure onto them. True. So, like, being really careful yeah. not to say, like, this failed because of you, and then, like, right. feel like you're, yeah, yeah. like, you know, point. getting mad at mm-hmm. them. You know, it's like, like, you really actually have to be reflective mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. going to you know, go through that stuff. And then – you know, the other the other piece of that is um, when you're um, like, it's just slipping my mind all of a sudden. Um. What came up when you were talking
0: for me was, I think, the idea of maybe, you know, if what about this format of communication didn't go as well as we thought are there other ways we can explore your assessment? Mm-hmm. Are there other ways we can explore ways for you to demonstrate what you know and what you're able to do? Because, you know, especially with with Shayna here, we've been trying a lot of different technologies mm-hmm. and sometimes it confuses kids more than it supports them. And so that piece too of like, the kids today were like flip grid again, and I'm like, you know what, you're right. Next time I'll let's brainstorm a lot of different ways that you've used, that I've used. I I was just using Flipgrid to help you kids out. It's it's mm-hmm. easy. It you know, it's accessible. Um, but those levels of success and failure that this piece didn't work, but this piece really did.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and like a lot of like using Flipgrid, I mean what i think one of the harder things for teachers to kind of give up some of that control Mm -hmm. um we talk about voice and choice and things like that like hey kids i I need you to express this whatever that is Mm -hmm. however you want to do it like you choose and i may not know how to use whatever tool but i mean giving them that choice um you know i'm sure you guys have seen like it's amazing when you give a kid a choice and how they want to express themselves Mm -hmm. what comes out i mean one of the things that I I remember one particular teacher who who did that and it was scary and she didn't know all the tech tools but mm-hmm. felt like she had enough resources to help students or, or they were able to figure that for the, figure things out for themselves as well. Um, had a student who probably would have f- like fallen right through the cracks. See, student just very quiet, you know, whatever. Um, created this unbelievable YouTube video that it's one of those things you are like I never saw it coming, mm-hmm. and it's because she gave that kid the choice that came out as opposed to do a report or mm-hmm. here's a lab report or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty amazing once you give students that choice. And if they're bored of Flipgrid, fine, find, find something else, figure yeah. that out, you know, whatever.
2: I also think it's kind of neat for the kids to feel how often do they get a chance to feel like they know they're an expert on something that their teacher may not be, mm-hmm. you know. And that's a small thing, you know. Okay, so you know Flipgrid better than I do. Like, mm-hmm. But that's enough to give them a confidence boost, you know, to help them, you know, feel a little bit more proud yeah. about what they're presenting to you, especially the fact that yep. they were able to, like, Figure it out themselves or seek out the help that they needed proactively. Like I don't know, I think that's that's a cool, a small thing, but a cool thing, you know. Yep. And
1: in absolutely. front of their peers too.
3: Yeah, yes. okay. absolutely.
1: Hey, I, you know, I figured this out. Exactly. It's
3: pretty cool. Absolutely. And I think that brings up the kind of concern that a lot of teachers have, you know, and in the same time we're talking about like failure and all these things and you should risk and whatever else, like how does that actually relate to like Danielson and the expectations and the boxes and stuff in this Danielson rubric? Like how do we feel, I don't know, like safe as educators that when we do these things and we risk and we fail and we reflect and maybe we don't cover as much as we should have covered, you know, per the curriculum map, like how how do those two things go together?
1: Um, my, th- I try not to overthink Danielson. <laughs> There's like a lot to it. Um, yeah. the thing for me is three C is engagement, right? That is the absolute key to the entire thing, right? So if you're hitting engagement and kids are deeply engaged in your content, everything else follows. And that shows like, if you can do that, if you can pull that off, that shows me and as an evaluator, you know what your standards are. You know what you're teaching. You've planned far more probably than just printing off a worksheet, frankly, But really, that leads to everything else. So, all of this, like relevant, engaging, authentic learning, I mean, if you're Mm -hmm. amping up that engagement, everything else is going to work, I think. That's my. Pop psychology theory
2: so then our next podcast needs to be how to amp up engagement huh yeah,
1: well, <laughs> it's easy
2: <I laughs> that, that's, easier said than done it's sure. hard well and that's that's why yeah. not everybody's an excellent on the Danielson scale right mm-hmm. is because it's something to strive for it's something mm-hmm. to work through but I, I mean I think it does you do like as much as teachers are very willing sometimes to go out and take those risks you always see those moments of like, okay, well then it's all of a sudden evaluation time and mm-hmm. now I'm feeling not quite so risky, you know? So it's it's an interesting balance to try to like, to show them like we're supportive, we're comfortable and we don't want to like catch you. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's not what we're trying to do. And I say we, I can't evaluate. I don't know how to use it that way. Like I'm, <laughs> mm-hmm. but like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like that's the sense, that's always been the sense that I've gotten at least is that like I'm not trying to be caught if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think that, you know, I, it, I feel as though danielson has some room for real engaging things because mm-hmm. like you said if the focus of it is engaging then like you end up with a lot of the other parts of real in there you know which is mm-hmm. kind of
3: neat and especially that domain four where you're looking at the professional yeah. development and the being leader with other people in the building and like sharing those experiences and doing those reflective things and taking mm-hmm. things outside of the classroom and you know like by getting your kids engaged in those activities you're actually like almost by default having to engage in things at a higher level in that domain four as well well and then if
2: you look at the whole idea of a globally connected citizen Mm -hmm. almost all of that falls really far i mean like it is like excellent in danielson right you know you're you're doing that extra step you're reaching outside your classroom you know you're Mm -hmm. bringing in those more real authentic experiences through
0: you know civic engagement and things like that you know and then connecting it to UBD because that's the power Mm. of UBD is it's a moving breathing document so you have an amazing class you just go in and change things it doesn't have to be anything set in stone and our students are changing every day and so if we walk into that classroom recognizing that we're all changing every day every moment it allows us to really orient our instruction to be engaging
1: yeah and kind of getting back to that risk taking or the resiliency or whatever i mean as an evaluator my philosophy is always like yeah please take that risk don't do the safe thing just because you're getting evaluated do i mean do what you normally do during the classroom but if you want to take a risk take a risk the way i'm evaluating if it doesn't work it's how you react to it and how Mm -hmm. when we reflect on it you walk in and say all right here are the five things that didn't work and how i'm going to fix it and we're going to move on from there i mean for me, you would get an equally good evaluation if you did that as if it went flawlessly, yeah. you know, because, again, those failures happen all the time. So it's good for evaluators sometimes to see, like, here's how you react to it when it didn't quite didn't quite nail it yeah. or, the you know, it didn't go well the way you want it. Right. I, I also okay. think
2: like I, I got really lucky one of my first years teaching. Um, I had an evaluation. I was planning this really kind of brand new sort of unit with transcendentalism you know it was a big Mm. unit with my junior honors but we were kind of flipping things around and trying something totally new and I remember our our principal at the time contacted me and they were like this is the only time I can come in and I'm like oh my god this could go really bad (laughs) I'm like is it really the only time you can come but they were they were very open and you know what they said actually like Please, because I'd never get to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was really influential. Luckily, that happened in one of my first years teaching. And actually, I almost feel like I tended to like be like, hey, I've got this thing that might bomb. Would you like to come on this day? You know, like, mm-hmm. I think that says a lot. I don't know. Like, I always felt actually more comfortable going in and having that feedback from somebody who's looking at it from outside eyes. Yep. I came I remember coming back thinking that wasn't so good and they sat there and said, "Here's what was great about it." And you know, that was more beneficial than if I had just gone back to my room by myself thinking about the bad. It was a great experience, you know, like mm-hmm. and I think if more people could have those experiences of like taking those risks in the classroom and getting the positive mm-hmm. feedback and having those meaningful conversations, it could change the way that whole evaluation process looks.
0: And even for a department chair or um, a principal or whomever is evaluating you, the idea of vulnerability there too, Mm -hmm. that the person observing you doesn't have to have all the answers for what you should do next time, but opening up the conversation of why did you choose to do it that way, what were you thinking about that moment, and exploring those possibilities together. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it creates a better rapport for the whole evaluation process overall, and the desire to get real messy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Nice way to bring that around. Well done. Well done.
2: (laughs) So we're getting kind of close to the end here. So but before we finish We've had a lot of people who were like, Okay, you've got Dr. Storsley in the seat here. So what and I've been asking, I've been telling people, I'm trying to get the word out. I've been asking them, What kinds of things do you want us to, to figure out about this? Mm-hmm. We had a lot of random questions. Most of them and actually were very academic. There was nothing mm-hmm. really personal they wanted to know about no. you. So I'm I'm Sorry gonna leave that. it up to you. I want you I want to ask you, what's something that you think, you know? I guess I would say, like, what, what's something real about Dr. Storsley that you would like the listeners to hear about?
1: <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Um, it, can like,
2: be, it can be as simple as music interest.
1: Oh, that's a big... He had
2: big, Miles Davis on his computer, wasn't he? Yeah, it, that's name?
1: a big can of worms. Oh. Um oh. Yeah, so I'm pretty much like a music junkie. So oh, see, really, there's something really,
2: real though. That's yeah, perfect. really
1: eclectic in what I listen to. So I'll flip between Miles Davis or uh, I hate to say this out loud because you know
3: we're, we're just I recording have on the okay, right? Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's a safe space. Um, I have been listening to more country lately. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm trying, That's trying. Um, my but I tend to like old school country um but honestly it always comes back to my eighth grade lizard brain i go back to like really aggressive heavy metal stuff go. it always comes back to that but then i branch out and like you know i need a little palate cleanser i'll listen to some you know, like cannonball adderly or something like that but um yeah so this summer so okay we're getting real here we go <laughs> this summer for whatever reason i like i went to a whole bunch of concerts just for whatever reason tickets came into uh my possession and so probably the best show i have seen in ages was slayer
3: it was so good
1: awesome. it was the like being bludgeoned for two hours and it was just amazing see now so, if
2: only the kids could hear you say that they would love you even more probably yeah. so that's yeah. awesome
1: well, i don't know if anybody knows slayer anymore they're, I actually they're looking I'm, pretty old wrong man.
2: person to ask so.
1: i know yeah. yeah i'll send you some uh <laughs> i almost said discs but no you know, do that. <laughs> i'll send you some tapes right? there you
3: yeah. As long as it's not an A-track, we're cool. (laughs) I do
2: have a cassette player still, so, you know. Nice. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Um, For everybody listening, we hope you join us for future episodes where we tackle some real messy questions and other educational topics. You can also visit our Real Messy website for additional resources or to submit questions and topics for future episodes. Thank you, and uh, thank you again to Dr. Storsley for joining us today. We really appreciate it.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It was fun.